Welcome to The Do Zone, where real entrepreneurs share real strategies about getting things done. I'm your host, Josh Thomas. You can find me on social media at JT Literally. This podcast is brought to you by Factor One. If you're a hardworking entrepreneur who's looking to level up this year, there are three key shifts that you need to make right now in order for it to be possible. Go to IamFactor1.com now, and I'll show you exactly what those three key shifts are and how you can get them set up for your business in less than six minutes. Once again, that's IamFactor1.com. Today's guest is AJ Silver. AJ Silver scaled his SEO agency, The Gorilla, to a multi-seven-figure exit over the last four years. Now, AJ is focusing on building small business bonfire. SBB serves as a platform offering free content, a weekly newsletter, and accessible courses aimed at aiding entrepreneurs to grow their businesses. AJ, welcome to the Do Zone. Tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Uh, first of all, Josh, thanks for having me, man. So excited to be here. Uh, I think so in terms of productivity, getting stuff done, I think my number one um I think the number one thing that I do is time blocking. Uh, and I'm sure maybe other people have talked about it in the past. Here's what I do. I've actually combined that with the 12 week year. Have you read the 12 week year? Yeah. Love it. It's cool. So what I traditionally do is I break down all of my goals by a quarter. So I'll take every single goal that I have quarterly goals. I'll kind of, uh, uh, you know, I'll break those down again into kind of four segments throughout the year. So four of these kind of quarterly benchmarks to say like, here's really what I want to get done. I'll take that quarterly goal and I'll break that down into again 12 weeks ish right for the quarter and then I take all of those all of those weeks and I break down each week into tasks so what do I really want to accomplish in that week in order to hit that 12 week goal or quarterly goal and then I'll take all of those call it you know individual tasks for a week and I'll put them on a Trello checklist so I'll have a checklist for Trello and then I'll say, okay, well, this is exactly what I need to get done. And then what I'll do is I'll actually go over to my calendar. I wrote an awesome blog post about this, by the way. But uh, I'll go over to my calendar and I'll time block out like individual like segments. So it'll be like every day, like, hey, listen, if I want to put out, <clears throat> let's say my 12-week goal is to put out, you know, 100 blog posts, right? So like every day I've got a segment for an hour to write a blog post. So it's like write a blog post, write a blog post, write a blog post right? Do social media, do social media, do social media. And I treat it exactly like school. So it's like a period, like, so I'll start at seven, right? 7am. I, you know, wake up, I'll have like a time block for like my morning routine. And then I'll do 45 minutes of social media. And then it's an hour and a half of blog writing. And I have that like segmented out. And I think, you know, what's great about Google calendar, <laughs> if I'm like ranting here at this point, because I love it, uh, is that I'll have that like bell dings, right? When there's like 10 minutes left in the kind of in the call it in the period. So I'll do again, like an hour of social media bell dings. I know I've got 10 minutes left. I wrap up whatever I'm doing and then I move on to the next thing. And I think that keeps me on task throughout the day, which keeps me on task throughout the week, which lets me hit my quarterly goals, you know, for the most part. So again, combining kind of that 12 week year mentality with, you know, time blocking on a week to week basis. I think that's been a game changer for me. That's awesome, man. And so uh, uh, time blocking for me and, you know, I've I've seen so many different perspectives on this. I've had a lot of different uh, guests on here talk about talk about time blocking in a lot of different ways. And, and the one thing that that stood out to me the most is uh, time blocking 
based on your energy levels. Like what is, what yep. is the thing that is bringing <laughs> you the most energy and what is the thing that's sucking the most energy? And let's kind of like combine those things together so For that sure. they don't poison each other. Yep. <laughs> yep. I love, I love that you said that. Uh, okay. And I have, you know, I will say this, I've, there's a couple of things I'm not afraid to say, you know, just generally speaking is that first of all, I don't know everything. You know what I mean? This is just kind of what works for me. Uh, second of all, I have a, I have a daily or if not weekly, like issue with kind of the way that I do things and the way that my energy level is because like time blocking, although like works really well, like on a week to week basis, I would say like daily, it's like, I will hit again, you know, a lot of my mornings are like the stuff that I, the, the most important stuff, like when I have my most energy, Right. So I like drink a coffee. I'm doing social. I'm doing, you know, my email newsletter. I'm writing blog posts, the stuff that like kind of sucks. You know what I mean? It isn't super fun. Like I try to tackle when I've got the most energy. And then I think what's interesting is that like 10 o'clock hits. And that's usually the time that I like to go work out. And I think what's kind of interesting is that um, like 10 o'clock hits and I should go work out. And again, like I'm not perfect at this. So it's not like I stop and then go like to the gym, I'll be like, okay, well, if I do like three more things, I'll get way more productive throughout the day. Like if I just do this, you know what I mean? That ends up being 1030 ends up being 11. And then by that time, I'm like a little tired and I'm like, gosh, you know, it's almost lunchtime. Should I go to the gym or not kind of thing? So I'm, I love that you said that. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to get into you. You have so many stories to tell. And one mm -hmm. of the things that uh, that is near and dear to my heart is scaling a business through standard operating procedures. Why are SOPs okay. so important? And mm -hmm. uh, I, I would love for you to talk briefly because you were able to scale and sell your agency very quickly with yep. a multi-million dollar exit. And I want to ask about that in a minute. But what I'm really interested in right now is what role did SOPs play in your ability to scale quickly like that? Uh, probably it's interesting. Cause again, this is something that I write about a lot on the blog. Uh, SOPs. I heard somebody say this once and to be honest with you, I can't remember exactly where it was. It just like really resonated with me is that SOPs professionalize your business. And, and really what that means or meant to me at the time is, is that they can take you from, you know, they can take you from a couple thousand dollars a month to hundreds of thousands, if not like a million dollars a month, if you build out like these standard operating procedures. And what that is for me is it's just a checklist. You know, it's like, it's, it's a checklist. It's, you know, videos, it's photos of like how you should do a job. And I think what's really interesting about standard operating procedures is that I want to make a business like McDonald's. Like that's the goal, right? Like I, I'm sitting here in Europe. I literally had McDonald's yesterday, which I don't eat a lot, but it was the same as I got back in America, right? Like it's the exact same thing. Uh, and that's what I want to really build out is that I want to build out these SOPs. And for me, when I had scaled the, the business, what we did is we had an SOP and then we had like sub SOPs for like individual tasks. We stored them all on Google Drive. And really like what we did is we updated them on a quarter, usually a quarterly basis. Uh, sometimes for stuff that was changing very consistently, we would do like a monthly basis, but everything was based on the SOP. So really when like a task was done wrong, we would pull out the SOP and we'd say, well, okay, well, where did it go wrong? Because here's like the exact checklist of things that you should have done. And usually it would be like, okay, either A, it went wrong in section, you know, 3A, right? Or B, it really like wasn't followed correctly. And then we need to make some corrections. So like 
in terms of your question, like how much did it matter in terms of scaling? I mean, it was like, it was everything period. I guess it was like A, B and C of like how we scaled that and, you know, several other like, you know, economic factors, luck, a little bit of magic, you know, all of the above, but, uh, you know, all, all together, I mean, SOPs were huge. And uh, so you were, you were able to take an agency uh, and uh, ultimately sell it and you had a, you know, a seven figure plus exit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that a lot of my audience are entrepreneurs and they're in that place where, you know, I'm not sure if I'm ready to do it now, but at some point I may want to walk away from this and I may want to get a check. And so aside from SOPs, could you talk about what does it really take to make a business sellable and valuable like that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I would say that a a big part of it is, you know, having kind of like that standard operating procedure, you know, that secret sauce, if you will, of like, hey, here's how we do what we do. And here's how it's scalable, really, because I think an interesting thing about most businesses, um, and I'm going to go on a a little bit of a tangent here is that most of them don't have that. Most of them are kind of run on kind of a uh, flying by the seat of my pants kind of mentality. And, and that works to an extent. I think when someone comes in to buy a business and they say like, and they look at, you know, they kind of pull back the layers and they look at the actual business itself and the organization and they say like, okay, well, actually there is a process here. There is kind of this standard operating procedure. I mean, I think that was huge. The other piece, profit. I think a lot of people don't focus on profit. I think one of the things about selling a business is, again, I've wrote a couple of written a couple of blog posts about this, but the idea is that I always start with the exit. So like even for the new venture that I'm starting, like what do I want to accomplish and how am I going to how am I going to exit that business? Whether it's automating the business where I'm out of it or it's exiting the business and selling it, right? Like I think about that from the beginning and then I kind of go from there. And what profit margin do I need to have in order to do that? Because a lot of people forget that kind of profit piece, right? Like, how can I grow, grow, grow the top line, like 2 million, 5 million, 10 million. But if you're not making any profit, then there's really like nothing of, 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 a, of a ton of value there, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's no point, you know, thinking, thinking yeah. about profit. Yeah, back to basics, you know, create SOPs, take your profit first, uh, you know, yep. the, the, the fundamentals, you know, the 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 more uh the more sophisticated i get and the more i understand about bu- business and the smarter people i get around the more fundamental and basic the uh the ideas and strategies become like when we get started with this uh journey and we think everything's got to be like innovative and complicated but once yeah. you get to this second kind of echelon you start to realize blocking and tackling wins the game exactly I, I, you I said it perfectly. I have a little uh, post-it that I keep right here next to me at all times that says, I had to get really smart to sound this dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I I love that. I think uh, my, you know, and I don't want to get into the details and, you know, I can't remember exactly where I read this, but uh, it was like Pablo Picasso sitting on a park bench. I don't know if you heard the story, but he yeah, he draws something in like five minutes and then he hands it to the lady and says, it's going to be 10 grand. And she's like, it took you five minutes. He's like, no, it took me my entire life. Like that is like business in a nutshell. That's exactly right. And so tell us uh, what you're working on right now and how people can connect. Yeah, so you can connect a few ways. Um, I'd actually like to take uh, just a moment to give a shout out to 
kind of the, the, the shoulders that I'm standing on, if you will. Um, I think a big part of the sale of the business, which we talked about was I, I got really lucky if I'm being honest with you, uh, in finding the person who, who, uh, eventually purchased the business, Phil Singleton, um, he bought the guerrilla agency and it was, it was a godsend. And again, like he is the best SEO that we've worked with. So the agency really was doing SEO and he came in, he bought the agency. I'm like a six out of 10, seven out of 10 in terms of doing SEO. I'm really good at running a business. He is a rock star and he's running that organization now. And I, again, have to give him a shout out. Uh, second thing really is podcast bookers who got me on your show and who kind of connected us together. So I just wanted to call those two things out. And then finally, me personally, uh, smallbusinessbonfire.com is really what I'm currently working on. And then you can find me on LinkedIn, AJ Silver or Twitter, kind of AJ underscore Silver. Uh, those two places, I think, are the best ways to find me. Excellent. And the small business bonfire in, in a couple of words, what is that and who's it for? Yeah, it's all of the resources that I've kind of, I guess, built up over the years that I wish I had when I was starting a business. I mean, it's really geared for that. It's really good geared for a five figure a month, six figure, you know, kind of entrepreneur that really wants to grow a business into the seven figure range. Um, and that's the person that I'm really targeting is, you know, and I think a lot of that is your audience. Um, so really it's, it's articles that I've written. It's stuff that I've, uh, you know, accumulated over the years. It's the time blocking, it's the SOPs, it's free resources. It's just stuff that, uh, again, really helped me out in my business journey that I would like to give away essentially for free. Again, <clears throat> the goal of the website is to get traffic. The, you know, underlyingly, we are kind of an affiliate uh, display advertising. It's, you know, a, a bigger kind of larger, larger piece of the puzzle. But the idea is that, again, I'm giving kind of back to the entrepreneurial community through Small Business Bonfire is the plan. Excellent. I love that. So uh, thank you very much for that. AJ Silver, everybody. Thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit of wisdom about how you get things done. For those of you who want to connect directly, you can find him on social media or you can go to his website, smallbusinessbonfire.com. If you listen to us on your morning commute or during your workout somewhere out in the field, be sure to snap a selfie and tag me at JT Literally. Tell me what you do in the do zone. Also, if you're a seasoned veteran business owner, but you know what got you here ain't going to get you there. We can help. Go to imfactor1.com now and see how much impact we can make in less than six minutes. Know this, you are factor one for your own success. Now let's get to work. If you're a small business doing at least six figures and you're trying to level up, but you keep getting smacked down, pay attention. There are outside forces at play that you're almost certainly not aware of. No, I'm not talking about the president, the economy, the Federal Reserve, or inflation. I'm also not talking about your industry, your competition, or current market conditions. I'm talking about you. There are invisible forces that are keeping you from breaking through to the next barrier in your business. That's why you keep repeating the same cycle year after year. You think next time will be different, but what you don't realize is that you're running through a huge maze. And your opponent has every turn memorized because your opponent built the maze. Until you get your hands on a map and come up with a plan of attack and execute it, you're just going to keep running circles over and over, and you'll lose every time. You'll never find the exit without a plan. The good news is your opponent is predictable. Your opponent follows the rules. You can beat your opponent because you don't have to follow the rules. You see, you have free will. Your opponent is restricted to the rules of the game, but you can make your own rules. 
you just got to have a plan. And in order to get a plan, you first have to take responsibility for putting yourself in that maze without a map to begin with, because you are factor one for your own success. Your opponent is your comfort zone. If you're ready to stop running circles in the same circuit year after year and finally break free from the maze, join factor one. We are a unique development program for six-figure entrepreneurs. We'll airdrop into your exact location of the maze with a paper and pen, and we'll help you draw a clean map to the exit using our bird's eye view. We'll also arm you with the tools you need to defend yourself properly, and we'll walk with you shoulder to shoulder to make sure you get out safely this time. We don't leave anybody behind that doesn't want to be left there. Join us. Go to imfactor1.com right now, and let's talk about getting you out of that maze once and for all.